0: If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency and shipped using the utmost care with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at nutritionw.com and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Holistic Navigator podcast, where we talk about all things holistic health and believe in the body's ability to heal itself, if given the proper nutrients and care. For those of you who may happen to be new to the show, let me say welcome and thank you so much for listening today. My name is Brian Strickland. I'm the producer of the show, and I'm joined in the studio by our host, Ed Jones. Our goal is simply to educate anyone who may be interested in learning more about natural holistic healing. And we're excited to speak today with Dr. Dan Engel about how to address traumatic brain injuries. It's important to recognize the signs when it comes to brain injuries, but they don't always present themselves in an obvious manner. So Dr. Engel is gonna tell us how diet, nutrition, and supplementation all play a part in the prevention and healing, and what signs to look for when an injury does occur. So with that being said, let me go ahead and throw it over to the host of our show,
1: Mr. Ed Jones. Thank you so much, Brian, for that introduction. And, you know, I've done about 60 of these podcasts now, and I think everyone who's been listening understands my passion for the whole uh, part of my life, the the belief of nourishment, nutrition, a body's miraculous ability to heal itself. But And, you know, every session I go through and talk, I'm always excited, but I will tell you, Uh, that I doubt I've ever been more stoked about speaking to a person than we are going to hear today on concussion repair, traumatic brain injuries from a gentleman who I didn't know about until probably maybe eight, nine months ago. And since I have a radar for everything, because it is my purpose to help share the valuable information, I you know, somehow something popped up and I went online and I looked at the YouTube video. I was freaking blown away about the knowledge, experience, and the practical uh, aspect of this gentleman, this physician named Dr. Dan Engel. Welcome, Dr. Engel, to the Holistic Navigator. Uh, It's great to be with you, Ed. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Dr. Engel has wonderful credentials. Uh, He has... uh, uh, graduated from the University of uh, Texas Health Sciences. He's done residency adult psychiatry and neurology at Colorado Health Science, uh, research fellow in forensic psychiatry, fellowship child and adolescent psychiatry and medical board certifications uh, in 2007 and 2017. But, you know, my first real exposure to you was when I first saw that you had written a book called The Concussion Repair Manual, well, it wasn't but three minutes later, I put it on my Kindle because it looked so freaking intriguing. And before I had a chance to actually uh, read it, I also, of course, uh, being the explorer that I am and I know you are, I went on YouTube and I listened to the called number 11 concussion repair manual with Dr. Dan Eagle on the On It podcast. And I just was mesmerized because most of the things you speak about, I've certainly had my at least my toe in uh, and many times my whole leg in as far as the therapies and all of that. And we're going to talk about one specific part of this, which is the nutritional uh considerations that need to be coming when someone has had a traumatic brain injury. And I would like, Dr. Engel, for you to kind of define what is a traumatic brain injury so people can know this is, you know, this is the kind of things we need to to think about if like my child fell and hit her head, or is it all the way down the list to PTSD and strokes? Where does this fit in?
2: Well that's a good question. Uh let me take them in the reverse order Because PTSD is oftentimes what happens when the mind is traumatized versus a TBI or a concussion or traumatic brain injury is what happens when the brain and the nervous system is traumatized. So there's oftentimes a huge overlap between the two. And if somebody's experiencing both, you can't get full resolution of each of them if you're only treating one of them. So it's helpful to understand what are the ramifications. And When I was in medical school and training, there was a pretty rigid diagnosis of concussion that actually is not accurate now. And most of the old school docs believe that you have to have a loss of consciousness in order to have a concussion, and that's not true. So essentially what happens is there's usually an acceleration-deceleration injury that doesn't actually have to include any impact externally at all. Like if somebody's in a motor vehicle accident and they get smashed from behind, they don't necessarily have to whack the dashboard or the steering wheel in order Mm -hmm. to have such an acceleration deceleration force that joggles the brain inside the skull. So when there's the obvious injury and somebody obviously has a loss of consciousness or a change in consciousness, that's a clear concussion and could be mild, moderate, or severe in its traumatic brain injury scale. Concussion tends to equate to mild, mild, moderate TBI or traumatic brain injury. And absent of that, if somebody has a fall or a neurologic injury and they start to have, as a result, on the cascade of symptoms, post-concussive syndrome, Then that's a diagnosis in retrospect, because sometimes people have an injury and they don't necessarily know it because there may not have been that acute Mm. observable outside and external uh, traumatic impact. And post-concussive syndrome, those symptoms span the gamut from clear neurologic symptoms, cognitive symptoms, mood symptoms, sleep, social, etc., and if we just unpacked each of those, then you get kind of a sense like it, the classic presentation is somebody with light noise sensitivity. They have a hard time focusing with concentration, memory recall, ability to stay on task. Uh, reading can get overwhelming because of the toggling of the eye movements back and forth, being in loud or, or really stimulating social environments can be overwhelming. Sleep can be disrupted. It can either go up or down. And then um, mood dysregulation or emotional lability or depression or anxiety or any of those things that can change as a result downstream. So you can see like the, the symptoms are pretty wide, pretty varied. And if a person didn't have the recognition that these symptoms were related to a head injury, then it can just look like a whole bunch of different things, and it can present like a whole bunch of different things.
1: Wow. That is so interesting. I know about three years ago, uh, I was doing dips at the gym, and the dip bar collapsed, and I fell uh, and dislocated both my thumbs. And I, I did hit my head slightly, but there was obviously no uh, a, a diagnosable concussion. But you're saying that even with something like that, some of these symptoms could could surface.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, often wow, so people are walking around with co- post concussion sequelae or consequences, and not knowing it because they may not have had a, a severe injury or or that like classic and observable smash.
1: So, so at this point, I think people have a really great explanation of, especially expanded explanation of traumatic brain injuries that might include things they never considered before and. Let them know in the future when something happens to them, loved ones or friends, a new course of maybe considerations about how do we help the body and brain uh, rehabilitate itself? Because and I know really quickly you, you, that you will agree to this. The conventional methods are limiting. They're they're certainly not. They're a very small toolbox that's uh, uh, helping people to journey past this because neuroplasticity, the ability of the brain to repair itself and to actually change is very strong, but we have to nourish it. So uh, again, people, they accidentally fall off a bike. They go to the emergency room. They're probably going to be sent home with what? Just a very basic advice of what?
2: Go home, get some rest. We hope it gets better. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the standard operating procedure. That was what I was told after my last one that I started having a really bad post-concussive syndrome and I was working with, uh, the best minds in the, I was actually doing my neurology rotation during medical school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was the summary statement and it was just frustrating because I'd already been at home and I'd already been resting and it wasn't getting any better. So that's essentially why I put myself in the laboratory over 20 years and found out things that did work, didn't work, and essentially put everything that did work into a book.
1: Mm. I am so impressed with your book and uh, uh, The Concussion Repair Manual, Dr. Dan Engel. And uh, I got it on Kindle. I actually ordered it from Amazon. I got it uh, and one of my staff members wanted to borrow it. And it happened that... uh, I just had to read it the next day and I didn't have it. So I went ahead and ordered the one on Kindle because I couldn't get I couldn't wait to read about it. And I'm telling you, I it's going to be the keeper book for me. And of course, being in a in a kind of a system that I have where I talk to many people every day and and have a lot of clients who are seeking advice and education. I want to be fully armed. And this was an area that I was so lacking in. And I didn't realize I was lacking until I read your book. So I want to encourage everyone listening. You know, this is interesting reading and you're a great author. So let's talk about the aspect of the nutritional uh, nourishment and intervention that you have learned that would be very, very important to the help to rehabilitate. Because I know years ago, the only other part that I ever ran across with someone is J.J. Virgin actually came to my hometown and and we partnered on a PBS special. And uh, she had that her child, I think, was in a car wreck and she gave massive omega three levels to uh, uh, products to their child. And seemingly turn the recovery around because it was doing poorly. But, you know, that was 10 years ago. You, you are way past what we knew 10 years ago. So kind of tell people, you know, how does this work and what should they consider if they know they've had some kind of issues?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we can take it from a couple of different perspectives. One is diet and nutrition and most of your major foods to focus on. And the other would be supplementation and things that are helpful to take. In addition, that would just be really hard to get in amounts if you're only doing it from food sources. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if we take that from the nutrition aspect, it's helpful to know what foods to eat, as well as it's helpful to know what foods not to eat. So let's start with the second one first. And basically the things you want to stay away from are – Fried foods, sugary foods, like really sweet or processed foods, and alcohol. So, And that just makes good sense. But it makes even more sense. Well, let me just say it. It makes good sense for longevity, for Mm -hmm. cardiovascular health, for circulatory health, for optimal hormone health. All of that just makes sense. And it makes even more sense for neurologic recovery because sugar is an inflammatory chemical – So are excitotoxins like MSG and artificial food colorings and additives, all of those things create inflammation in the brain. And after a concussion, if somebody's still having symptoms and their brain is still inflamed, the last thing you want to do is add more fuel on that fire. So sugar is the number one no-go. And then alcohol, because it essentially works as a sugar in the body and it's neurotoxic, that's also a no-go. And it's helpful to have a list of what exactly those things mean compared to a person's usual diet. So if a, if a person's eating the standard American diet, it's going to be high in sugar. It's going to be high in excitotoxins like MSG and food colorings. And it's going to be high in processed foods, which has a lot of additives and maybe fried foods. So all of those things that are pretty consistent with the standard American diet need to be changed and rehabilitated. And it's hard for people to take something out unless they're going to put something in because nature abhors a vacuum and so do people's dietary and personal preferences. We don't like to give up something unless we're going to put something else Mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. So these are relatively straightforward um, food kind of upgrades. There's actually another good book um, that I'll reference uh, that a friend of mine authored a while back and it's called how to feed a brain mm-hmm. by Kevin ballister. He also had a severe TBI and was on a feeding tube and realized that the hospital was feeding them this just horrible standard hospital American nutrition. And so he um, started to up-level everything with some of the foods that I'm going to speak about and then blending them up in a Vitamix and putting it through his G tube, through his mm-hmm. gastro tube. And at that point, kind of like you were talking about with JJ and her son Grant, when she started giving him high doses of high quality fish oil, he turned, he significantly turned the corner and started recovering at an accelerated pace. So did Calvin when Calvin started putting high quality foods blended up into his G tube. So there is Sometimes the uh, excuse for poor nutrition when people are on a G-tube and the only thing you're putting in there is something to the equivalent of Ensure, which when you look at the ingredient list is touted as a nutritional uh, food supplement, but its primary ingredients are sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and a bunch of inflammatory additives. So It's helpful to know what things to take off the table and then to have a standard protocol to work by. And that could be books on ketogenics, on more of an anti-inflammatory paleo approach or AIP. And there's a lot of great books and there's a lot of great apps and there's a lot of great uh, nutritional recipe stacks and calendar formulas that you can put in. To make it pretty easy and workable so if a person was to do that what would essentially they be orienting towards high quality fats we know that a ketogenic approach is rehabilitative to the nervous system because it's giving the brain and the nervous system more high quality fats than a person would typically get on a standard diet And a person doesn't have to be strict keto, like you don't necessarily have to be checking your urine ketones to get the benefit, but fairly low in their carbohydrates per day. And that might be lower than 50 to 60 grams of carbs per day. And if you're counting carbs, then that's fairly easy to get in a habit of. And it's fairly easy to do, and and a person can make a transition over a 7 to 10 day process without usually a whole lot of hiccups. Unless they're just crushing the cookies and ice cream (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you're asking them to go low carb over a week, they may go through a detox process. But the general person who's eating relatively healthy can make a shift pretty quick. If you if a person has super strong cravings and any kind of detox reaction, they just slow it down, double the time, be easy, but recognize too that slow change is lasting change. So high quality fats, moderate proteins, low carbs.
1: And to define and to define high quality fats, for those who may not be real clear on that, I would do want to remind listeners that, you know, I did a, a keto pit podcast probably nine months ago because I am I live every single day leaning strongly to keto is how I word it. No, I'm not in full ketosis, but I'm a total believer in the anti-inflammatory effects of being in a very leaning keto diet. But what is the healthy fats?
2: Great. So then they can reference that because you've already kind of unpacked it. And the summary statement would be high quality fats are things that are close to nature, easily assimilatable, um, that tend to be more liquid than solid. And if you're looking at something like fish oil, it's going to be typically more than would be consumed in just an average day. So if we were taking JJ's example – working with her son. And this comes from a book called uh, When Brains Collide by um, Michael Lewis. And he did a lot of research on high doses of high quality fish oil. And that was 12 to 16 grams per day. So you'd have to be eating pounds and pounds of salmon every day to get that level of equivalent, probably like four to five pounds a day. Mm. So short of that, Um, coconut oil is an excellent oil. Avocado oil is an excellent oil. Avocados just in general are good. If you can, it's always better to get the whole food source versus just a processed, um, extract or derivative or just one piece of it. So avocados when eaten in their whole form have a lot of excellent fiber and they have a lot of utilizable fat in the pulp itself. If you're using just the oil, you also have to have a fairly uh, robust ability to digest all of those fats, and not everybody does. So some people, when they transition, might need to take extra uh, digested enzymes, particularly lipase, because lipase breaks down all of the fats into a more utilizable component. The gallbladder is going to catch up, and the body knows how to break down fats. But if you're relatively low in your fat intake per day, and then you jump up, to like 10 exit in a, overnight, your gallbladder might take a bit of a hit. What would that look like? It'd look like belching, discomfort after eating, bloating, um, loose stools, et cetera. Okay. So those are some basic oils, fish oil, coconut oil, avocado oil. And then you're going to get typically a lot of good oils from your basic nuts and seeds. However, most of those are a bit higher in um, omega-6s and 9s than they are in omega-3s. And omega-3s are essentially the building blocks of the nervous system, especially the the neuron sheath or the cell membrane. And that's DHA, DHA and EPA as the two principal components in fish oil that rebuild healthy neurons. So... That's kind of a rundown, and your basic quality meats are going to be high. Um, Meats need to be all organic, as close to nature, humanely, and sustainably uh, grown, processed, and harvested. And um, ideally, if it's grass-fed or any of your game meats, then they're um, grown on um, or raised uh, primarily grass-fed and grass-finished. And there are a lot of different reasons that we can unpack kind of all of those, but that's just essentially like your standard operating procedure when it comes to oils and meats. And then as it relates to carbs, as one of my teachers told me a long time ago, if you told somebody nothing else when it came to food, it's shop in the outer aisles Hmm. (laughs) versus in the middle aisles. And basically the, the outer aisles tend to be where all your bulk goods are. So bulk beans and nuts and seeds and grains and vegetables, et cetera, whereas all the processed foods tend to be in the middle aisles, packaged foods, frozen foods, et cetera. So the basic carbs could be supported by whole grains. And again, foods, if we're going like Whole30 kind of approach or paleo kind of approach, your foods are as close to nature as possible, so while um, purple potatoes and sweet potatoes, and you're more like starchy vegetables, are close to nature, they're also high in carbs. So anytime somebody's using that um, kind of approach in an early, particularly acute phase, it's to minimize those really starchy vegetables and that are going to spike your blood sugar. And also, um, when able, use your vegetables and those more starchy foods in a raw form than a cooked form. For example, beets will spike your blood sugar one to five points in a raw form versus if you eat cooked beets, they're going to spike your blood sugar about 50 points.
1: Wow. Because
2: the sugar is much more usable and assimilatable. They're still going to have fiber. um, And your cooked beets are going to get the sugar into the system faster But raw beets are still going to have a lot of the same benefits, particularly if somebody's increasing their fat intake because beets help the gallbladder assimilate fats. And most people don't get enough fiber in their diet. So there's so much benefit about being able to eat vegetables uh, in their raw form unless somebody is really super weak in a cold, damp environment and it's clearly out of season and you know here in boulder right now in mid-january there are not a whole lot of vegetables that grow above ground unless you're curating them yourself Um, so i tend to eat more of the under the ground vegetables in a cooked form um, during the winter time and all of your above ground vegetables uncooked or in a raw form in the summertime. So if we're just talking about nutritional approaches, the the usual rules always apply. Eat close to nature, eat clean, mostly plants, not too much, right? Kind of like the omnivores dilemma um, approach that Michael Pollan wrote about. So when people do that and they're eating clean and they're working towards a more anti-inflammatory paleo slash keto approach they're they're taking care of 90 percent of their nutrition needs they may not still be getting all the brain nutrients that they need for full recovery because it's just hard to get a lot of those in food form at the levels that are needed um, But if we got into specific brain supportive foods egg yolks are amazing because it's got lecithin b vitamins fat soluble vitamins and it's got a lot of the, the gene or the mana, like the life energy that makes new life. So egg yolks have a lot of the micro and macronutrients the brain's going to be fed on and nourished by. Not everybody can do eggs. Sometimes eggs are inflammatory for people, even if they're high-quality eggs. person might have an allergy to them or they could be inflammatory. Um, usually the raw yolk is more assimilatable than the cooked because once you start cooking uh, protein sometimes they get a little bit more coagulated and uh, are a little bit harder to digest if people are doing dairy goat is usually a lot better than cow Uh, so goat milk can be really healthy and healing for people again they have to just check to see if it's inflammatory or not how would you know Um, being able to test um, how well people are essentially moving in their body. And if they start bringing a consistent food in and they feel tighter with a little bit more inflammation or they're more sore or it increases their brain inflammation and worsens all of their symptoms, then that could be a marker.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Berry Treasure Liquid Nutrients. If you're looking to give your immune system a kick in the pants this winter season, look no further than Berry Treasure Liquid Nutrients ACF. ACF is the natural boost your immunity needs. It's packed full of potent ingredients like elderberry, echinacea, and olive leaf, and is paired with essential vitamins and minerals to help keep that winter illness at bay. Plus, it's a liquid, which means that you get fast results. For more information or to purchase, visit our trusted partners at NutritionW.com. Berry Treasure. Experience the liquid advantage.
1: And let me let me make a comment here. I I want to again reemphasize how freaking impressed I am with you. We just don't have many people, especially in the in the medical field, who understands the 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 big picture as you do, Doctor Engel. Because uh, I've witnessed it for my entire life. The power of food and the and the things that you speak about is is almost like somebody from another planet. Like the life energy of a food is important. And you talk about you know the eggs, and the thing is, we live in a part of the country here where we're way behind, and you don't really find a lot of the great you know sources of r- super clean foods at restaurants or any place, and so it's a search. But I'll tell you, everybody knows that even the basic grocery store has eggs that rate from good, better, and best. They actually do carry the really good eggs, and I'm a huge huge fan of that, as people who listen to me know, and of course. You know, so at this point, we're talking again about traumatic brain injuries with Dr. Engel and, you know, persons uh, were imagining that someone's had an issue. And again, reemphasizing the fact that isn't like the old days where you actually fell, had, you know, black eyes and dilated pupils and the doc said you got a bad concussion. No, you can have brain injury even with far less uh, uh, aggressive falls or anything else. So don't think that's not an issue. Uh, And we all fall. I mean, you know, if you live long enough, you're going to slip on a sidewalk. You're going to, you know, just somewhere in the house or bump your head on the wall. So, you know, keep these things in mind. So at this point, the diet where we're living on, you're recommending highly an anti-inflammatory diet. And again, if people listen to me, that's probably every other podcast I speak of the value of that. And, and you've nailed it so perfectly. And the one thing I want to reemphasize, which is so, so confusing to people, and I, I probably don't go a day without saying it, people seem to think because of food is grown in the earth, and even and it's organic that it's got to be healthy and you're exactly right we can eat super nutritious foods that actually are damaging us because of this anti this inflammatory effects of fast acting carbs and you know I wouldn't there was a day a lot of days in years that I would have like oh the big glass of carrot juice is my friend and it's going to really help me but there's so many carbs in that kind of drink, or if you eat too many of these foods, like you said, that are nutritious, but they're still way off the chart, that's not good. because, And especially we're focusing now, again, on traumatic brain injuries. So we want to be on a diet that, like you say, keto-leaning, clean, a lot of foods with life energy, uh, talking about the high dose of omega-3s, and again... I'm not speaking for you, Dr. Engel, but like you've made a really strong point. It's impossible if you're uh, uh, trying to recover that you can eat enough foods with the omega-3s. You have to supplement with, hopefully, a very well-researched, extremely clean product because they're not all clean people. You have to be a very astute uh, uh, consumer to know that. So... And we've gotten to the point we've we've helped either ourselves or a our family member or friend or loved one to clean up their diet really fast. So now they're 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 introducing the foods they're they're living on an anti-inflammatory diet. What is the next step?
2: Uh, yeah, let me um, go ahead and just summarize some of the foods that I like the most. Oh, and good. Then we'll move into strategies and supplementation and I also speak about why the brain might not heal on its own. Mm-hmm. So just to wrap up that food part, we mentioned um, coconut oil, uh, fish and fish oil and fish. Uh, you've probably talked about this in the past. And just to summarize, small fish is better than big fish, has less toxins, less heavy metals, uh, salmon or lower. And then wild wild caught as much as possible or um, the very few companies that are doing farm raised fish well. And the I would prefer we all be able to eat wild-caught fish, but it's just not sustainable. At some point, we're going to have to craft a really effective, sustainable, and nutritious farming system for fish. Because the oceans are just getting, mm-hmm. at this point, farmed excessively and to a detriment. So those two foods, we mentioned egg yolks. Uh, turmeric is another incredibly healthy food. It's much more bioavailable if you add uh black pepper to it. Um, so therefore curries are oftentimes really helpful. Um, they're also warming if people have a damp or cold condition. Uh, dark chocolate is an actual really amazing food. Most chocolate on the market has a lot of sugars and, um, uh, hydrolyzed proteins and additives in there. So ideally as dark as possible.
1: Um, now would you, would you, would you count 72% dark enough or do we need it to be in the eighties? Uh, 85 and higher. Right. That's what I say. 85 and higher. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, is an excellent food for the brain. Mm. When you look at, um, people, uh, not necessarily coffee just by itself, but caffeine in general, like green tea, black tea and coffee. Uh, when you look at the numbers of people with stroke and dementia, It's quite a bit less when people actively consume something caffeinated on a regular basis. It's just particularly with coffee, um, if it's not organic, it accumulates a lot of toxins because it has a lot of pesticides sprayed. And um, it's also hard on the adrenals. It screws up people's sleep. It makes people anxious. So it's not – I mean there are other ramifications I tend to be already pretty amped up. So if if I do coffee on a regular day, I need to know that I'm going to burn it strong for the next four to six hours and ideally bulletproof style or keto style where you're adding fat to it. So it smooths out the caffeine kind of arc. But those are just a summation of some really high quality brain foods Now, if we talk about supplements before we go into that, because that'll probably take us to the the top of our um, hour. Let me just also say the brain and the body are built to heal. The, The body and the brain are the most sophisticated supercomputer that we know in the universe at this point in time. The reason that people's brains typically do not heal after a concussion is number one is they got smashed beyond the brain's ability to heal itself um, spontaneously even if you were doing the right things secondarily most people are not doing the right things like getting good sleep making sure that i mean and that's not to say that the docs even the old docs are not giving good advice yes go home and get some rest totally true but we just happen to live in a very high-paced very neurologically traumatizing society. Our nervous systems have not caught up to the speed of our technology. And that's why people are having more and more anxiety and depression, more and more addiction, PTSD, chronic pain, chronic insomnia, et cetera. The, The psychiatric epidemics are notable, even in the face of more and more psychopharmacology. It's because... We don't live in a really um, natural-paced environment. and We just haven't developed the buffering capacity internally to be able to, to survive the neurologic onslaught of today's technology. So people need to really commit to good sleep and as much sleep as they need, especially if they've just acutely gotten smashed. Um, thankfully, most of the... Um, youth sports are outlawing, um, head contact prior to high school age. And then most of the high school and collegiate athletes and semi-pro sports, uh, are building up the reservoir of their accelerated healing technology and their protective mechanisms. The pro sports are mandating these, um, better clarified return to play measures, And when somebody does get smashed and they have to sit out for a period of time and they have to go get evaluated immediately, all those things are, are important. And the times that people don't heal spontaneously, if they're doing all the usual right things is usually one of three things. They have gut, they have significant gut dysbiosis and inflammation. So their guts off. Number two, their immune system's off. And they may have some comorbid infection that is shunting all of their recuperative energy towards fighting off. And number three, they don't have enough hormones Mm -hmm. because when the brain gets hit, oftentimes you downregulate the master glands like your pituitary pineal and hypothalamus. And if you don't have enough energy or if the uh, like CPU of the brain at the master gland level is altered and it's not functioning properly, or it's not sending the right signals, or it's not sending enough of the right signals, then the rest of the body downstream isn't able to function as well. So somebody might have low testosterone, low adrenals and low thyroid, but if it's because of a central issue, then you have to get the brain back online and you can be giving as many peripheral hormone supports as you want but that's only going to put you in the opposite direction of healing the brain. Cause it's going to downregulate the small endogenous stores that you have. So the things that turn on the brain and heal the brain are essentially going to help upregulate all of those hormone stores, because now you've got your central axis working better. And then you can test downstream to see if you do need to supplement beyond that. So those are the big things that we look at at our clinic. Um, we run a, TBI specific concussion specific clinic here outside of Denver called revive. And those are the big things that we see when we do our lab tests is that somebody's immune system, digestive system, or hormone system is off. Usually it's more than just one of those. It's usually two or three of those are off and people have seen, and usually gone to all the other good centers, Mayo clinic, Cleveland clinic, et cetera, and not found what we find because they're not looking at all of the metabolics and those are the three primary metabolics. So just to let people know, sometimes you have to educate your practitioner because a lot of docs just don't know some of the more advanced and current neurologic research. And so and that's the last thing you want to do. If you have your brain Is you don't have to be educating your practitioner. But unfortunately, we have to. And fortunately, this is the day of information and podcasts like yours are giving people a lot of the ammunition and the information that they need in order to take empowerment back of their healthcare choices and direction. And that means if your practitioner isn't listening, then find another practitioner.
1: Yes, you're right. And I've got to interrupt you because, again, your book, The Concussion Repair Manual, would be, to me, the Bible of people who have really no knowledge and they do have a practitioner that they feel is flexible and workable and, and things outside the box hell let them read your book they can journey so much from just that alone and before we get into the specific other little subs, I'm sorry to interrupt Dr. angle uh, but I've got one person who really wanted me to ask you is is something like cerebral palsy if some a child was born in that with that and they're about nine months old or whatever it would that would these kind of protocols also help brain development in children who were born with uh, uh, you know significant issues like that? there's going to be a
2: lot of overlap and cp is very unique and will require a lot of extra physical therapy and rehabilitation and strategy cp is not my area of expertise uh, but we have seen kids with cp in our clinic and um, it is a lot of similarities when you're talking about dietary strategies and going more keto and going more anti-inflammatory and using some of the supplements that we're, we're going to go over here in just a little bit. Um, and continuously working to accelerate the goals and the strategies to maximize that little child and that young person's um, neurologic development and recovery.
1: Yes, perfect.
2: The people that I've seen that are really good with kids and young adults with CP, they've got an eye for it. They have a knack for it. They have an, uh, they have a really keen intuitive understanding of how much to push and and when to push. and this is another thing about brain injury recovery in general. A lot of people are doing the right things but they're too and they're, they're actually doing too much of the right things like hmm. cardiovascular fitness and aerobic and anaerobic fitness and exercise can be really good but if you're doing too much, it can actually be detrimental. All medicines have their sweet spot, including food, including nutrition, including water, including sunlight, including sleep. If you use too little, there's no effect or it's not enough. If you use too much, it's typically poisonous or detrimental. So if a person is doing too much exercise, then the feedback is going to be a worsening of their core symptoms. And that's, that too much of like um, trying too much or doing more than their circuit board can handle, so to speak, will push them over their metabolic threshold and oftentimes stimulate the core symptoms to get worse. And one of those things is just eye movements. The visual field takes up the majority of the brain's input. Really? Just as quick, just as easy as reading and in, in your in eyes going back and forth. It's kind of like a psychotic or not not psychotic, but psychotic movement, back and forth eye movement can be a huge strain on an inflamed brain. And that's why it's hard for people to read on a book, uh-huh. much less on a computer, because now you have all this backlight that's typically blue light infused. That's also very stimulating to an inflamed brain.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know we have about eight minutes left. Can we get to the supplements? Because uh, that's more, you know, that's what I'm really interested in also, along with everything else. But uh, you have so many freaking jewels of information. I'm just blown away by it. So, you know, so let's kind of go down the list, a few more things. If I, if I was your patient, you know, I fell on the dip rack and I hit my head and I've got these symptoms and I'm one week out and I am stable. Like you do say in the book, you know, this is not meant to be when you're in the acute situation in the early stages, you have to be stabilized. And then tell me some of the things you might recommend for a, a patient or someone like me.
2: Yeah. The two biggest supplements straight out of the gate and you might get two different answers uh, or you might get different answers from other practitioners about what their two favorites would be. But mine are fish oil and CBD.
1: CBD. Okay. uh,
2: Which is your non-psychoactive primary constituent. Well, it's the primary one that's known and touted, but there's a lot of other CBN, CBG, THC. THC is your psychoactive component of medical cannabis. CBD is your non-psychoactive form of medical cannabis and CBD is Hugely anti-inflammatory, and it supports neurologic recovery. It's also neuroprotectant. So people with it on board, if they're playing combat sports, and CBD is allowed by WADA tests, and most, if not all, I think at this point of the professional uh, sports associations, people with CBD on board that are going to go into a high contact or combat sport kind of arena um, have less of a likelihood of developing a concussion or TBI long uh, as a sequela, if they have an injury, if they have CBD on board.
1: Same thing that, with fish. That is so interesting. And in fact, we've done three podcasts on CBD. Actually, the, the one last week we did, and not one of these three people has ever said that. What a piece of magic, because there's another reason to make sure not only to be wise about options in treatment, but to be wise about the prevention, to have us th- build that flexibility and that That cushion so that when life happens, we are far more prepared than the person who's already their gas tank's empty on all this. So that's one omega-3, high dosing, CBD. Yeah. What's anything else? Yeah. And then your liposomal glutathione,
2: liposomal vitamin C, and alpha lipoic acid. Now, those are just like across the board beneficial. You could get more targeted, so if somebody had depression as a result of post-incussive syndrome or mood lability as a result, then lithium orotate's really good. This is different than lithium carbonate, which is a prescription, which at high doses negatively affects the thyroid and the kidneys, but lithium orotate uh, at like five to 20 milligrams a day can be really good um, to calm the excitatory flaring at the cellular level. Um, lipoic acid, vitamin C are just good antioxidants and anti-inflammatory agents. And, um,
1: and some
2: glutathione
1: is, is. Wow. I, you know, I've, I've talked to so many people who are knowledgeable, very knowledgeable. Uh, very few people have your wide range of the things you have just talked about, uh, Dr. Engel. I mean, the thing about lithium, I know the New York, New York times had a really great article about four years ago and the headlines was, should we put a small amount of lithium in all drinking water because they're talked about the neuroprotective effects of it and the memory uh, ability to maintain memory as we age? And, you know, people classify a word like lithium. Oh, it's bad because, you know, manics take it. It has all these side effects. There's all kind of colors to everything and and it's low dosing. And I did it for um, years. I took small doses of three to five milligrams. But, you know, you only you kind of get off the radar screen and you quit taking those things. But I, I love everything. the Omega-3 is the coconut oil, the CBD, the glutathione. And I'm a huge fan of what you're saying. The lipo increases absorption rate. Yes, it tastes terrible because they're in liquids, but there's so much more uh, bioavailable. And uh, I just I just love everything you, you're about, all the journey, your personal journey. I think I read that you lived in the jungle for one year by yourself or whatever. Is that true?
2: I did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. I am jealous, my friend. I'm so jealous. <laughs> how, how old were you when you did that? Uh, this was about 12 years ago,
2: maybe 13. Yeah, I was about 33, 34.
1: Oh, my gosh. Was it a like a, uh, I mean, t- you just give me a 30 second. Was it a, a kind of a, a turning point in your life? 100%. Okay. I went down to study
2: from the herbalistas and the plant medicine teachers there. And uh, it was really good to just unplug. No running water, no electricity, no other gringos. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, my, my brother, I so appreciate your time, Dr. Engel. You're going to help so many people. So uh, I cannot, cannot thank you enough. And again, the Concussion Repair Manual by Dr. Dan Eagle. You have a great day, my friend. Will do, Ed. I look forward to our next conversation. Yes, sir. All right. And thank everyone for listening to the Holistic Navigator as always. Please send your questions in, recommend it to your friends. Thank you so much. You really make my day, all of you, and especially guests like Dr. Engel. Have a great, uh, fearless, and very happy day. Thank you.
0: The information on this podcast and the topics discussed have not been evaluated by the FDA or anyone of the medical profession and is not aimed to replace any advice you may receive from your medical practitioner. The Holistic Navigator assumes no responsibility or liability whatsoever on the behalf of any purchaser or reader of these materials. The Holistic Navigator is not a doctor, nor does he claim to be. Please consult your physician before beginning any health regimen.